Hello everyone, you're listening to Game Rivals, a podcast where a Nintendo fan and a PlayStation fan talk about the latest games and happenings in the gaming community and industry. I'm one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and together with Sean Templar, we bring you this bi-weekly podcast about video games. Hey guys, and welcome to a the one of many F special episodes of The Gaming Rivals, our E3 spectacular extravaganza coverage. I am your host, Maximilian X, and I'm here together with my fellow co-host, Sean Templar. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Um, I was okay until I saw the Stadia uh, keynote yesterday, but I think we'll get into that for a bit. Mm, yeah mm, yeah um so uh basically just a little quick introduction for people um so they know what's going on uh for the coming couple of days we will be um covering most of e3 uh the big news of course coming out of that and uh this is the first one of many so keep an eye on your uh, podcast feed for whenever we go live um, with a new episode, and I hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, as again, if you feel like uh, ans- asking some questions or giving us feedback, you can always uh, shoot us a voice message through Anchor. Um, please check the link uh, in the description, and let's get this show on the road. Um, so, um, I guess what what ires you? What ails you about? Stadia and their Google Stadia Connect event from uh, this past week, Sean Templar. Okay, so this may sound like a rant, which it definitely is not. It's just that the message that I got yesterday was so confused and so conflicting to what the message was in February that I... Because if people listen to that episode, they know that I was a super enthusiastic and opportunistic guy, optimistic mm-hmm. guy, and you yeah, I was were the outright. Super, I was just yeah, you were the skeptical, very skeptical guy about it. Yeah, yeah. And so I watched the keynote this morning because I didn't have time yesterday to watch it. I was uh, out, but I read tidbits here and there. And whereas I first thought this might be a, comp- a competitor for PlayStation and Xbox, mm. this now is literally a competitor for GeForce Now. Because the way I thought it was going to be in February was, Google's going to come up with this amazing service. You're going to pay a monthly fee, which I thought would be in the range of around 30 bucks slash euros. And then you would just have access to their online catalog of games that you could play in the highest fidelity the highest resolution like the way it was intended to be played and after what i understood yesterday it's you it's more like a geforce now so it's a service in which you can enable the highest settings without having the most expensive pc but you still need to buy those games and yeah they will add games to their catalog but the only game you get when you get a subscription for Stadia is Destiny 2, which is for some people a super cool thing. I personally couldn't care less because I and don't that, play Destiny. That, by the way, is only at launch. Excuse me? 
That's only during their launch period. Yeah, so it's going to come out in November. And then the only game you're going to get in your subscription for free or included is Destiny 2 with all the previous expansions and the upcoming expansion. They also announced Shadow Moon or I don't even know. To be honest, Destiny 2 is not my game. But it's so confusing because this is not what they... Shadowkeep is the expansion's name, yeah, by the way. Keep, yeah, but um, it's so confusing as to what they said in February. Because in February, it looked like this amazing thing. I'm like, okay, Sony and Microsoft are really going to have a hard time on their hands. But with this, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a GeForce Now comp- comp- competitor. I don't want to buy my game on the PlayStation and then also buy it on Stadia so I can enjoy it in 4K, 60, HDR, whatever. This is just so confusing. And then I'm like, you know what? This is just a Google trick. I, I knew this was going to happen. But see, that's the thing. You don't have to buy the games because as they explained it, you have a subset of games. So basically games that have already come out, those are the ones that you can play with uh, Stadia Pro. I thought you have to buy those games separately because that's what the messaging is right now. It's only the new games you have to buy separately. And with Stadia Pro, you are eligible to a certain amount of discounts when it comes to those kind of games. But games that have already come out on the market, those are free. You can play those for free with Stadia Pro. Are you sure? Anything else that's new, that's the stuff that you have to pay for. Okay. Because, yeah, see, I'm getting confused even more right now. I know, dude. Yeah, because yeah, know. I mean, like I have the the, the rap sheet here from uh, Polygon got Polygon dot com, which uh, with the Google Stadia Pro, um, it says exclusive discounts on games for purchase, and uh, free games accessible as long as Stadia Pro subscription is active. So the free games, those are the ones that are, tend to be the ones that are older that have been on the market for longer. Those are the ones that fall under the free games. Then you have the newer games, like for example, when. Um, so let me put it this way: Division Two is already out. Will I be able to play the Division Two in my Stadia Pro subscription? Yeah, you should be able to play the Division Two free. But for example, when uh, what is it called Shadow Keep comes out, you still have to purchase set Shadow Keep, uh, even though if you get Stadia Pro at launch. And you get that experience. So the whole first year is free, and um, a bunch of the public raids and stuff. Uh, no, no, I think events are free. What they said but, like, in the video, raids and stuff like that is not free. And Shadow Keep is not free. You have to pay for Shadow Keep if you want to play it on Stadia. But that's not what they said in the video. In the video, they outlined a whole list of stuff you will get with Destiny Two, and they said you will get the whole Destiny Two experience. And that is the Destiny 2 base game, the booster packs, the raids, the annual pass, and Shadowkeep. That's what they said. Oh, right. You're right. Yeah. You can see, but this is what I mean. It's so confusing. Yeah, but uh, again, it's only for a limited time. Yeah, it's the... No, but I thought they said that that's what the founders... I don't... See, this is what I mean. This is so... No, no. Just look at the documentation. It says Google Stadia Pro... Limited time only, Stadia Pro grants you access to the full Destiny 2 experience, which includes all we all that we just mentioned. But Stadia Pro is the only thing that's coming out, so is it that if I buy the... Fo- I just... See? This is what I mean. Yeah, so if you buy the Founders Edition or if you buy Stadia Pro at launch, that's what you're getting. Let me just quickly... In 2019. I just want to be sure what they said in the video, because... 
this is too confusing. My brain cannot handle this right now. <laughs> so, yeah. So you know what? Shall we just list what what is what what they're and what they announced and what you're getting out of it? Yeah. Okay. So first, they announced Google Stadia Pro during their event, uh, which is their subscription uh, plan. It is nine ninety nine a month. Dollars or euros doesn't matter. It's nine ninety nine a month which gets you up to 4K, 60 frames per second, HDR with 5.1 surround sound, which comes with free games as long as you have the Sadia Pro subscription active and exclusive discounts on games for purchase. So there's two tiers on that. And you need 35 and megabits per second to be able to do that. To get the 4K. Yeah. yeah. But even if you don't have that speed, if you need, need at least 10 megabits per second, which grants you um, 720p stereo sound, uh, no HDR. Okay. Um, and then for a limited time only, Stadia Pro grants uh, the full Destiny 2 experience, which includes the base game, all previous add-ons, the new Shadow Keep expansion, and the annual pass. You'll be able to transfer your Guardians from other platforms, currently PC and Xbox, but they're actually in talks with Sony to get that to work for Sony um, players to transfer their Guardian from their PlayStation account to their Stadia account. And includes all Stadia-based benefits, which is the other thing that they mentioned, which is their a la carte service called Studio, the Google Stadia Base. Damn these things. All right. Um, so that is available in 2020. When in 2020, nobody knows yet. But that one is the free version, in quotes, which allows you to game up to 1080p 60 frames per second with stereo sound and HDR. Um, you can buy and keep the games you want. So with that, you have to buy the games. Um, and you can play the games in a Chrome browser or your Pixel 3 or 3a phone. Um, they're going to expand to other um, phones eventually. Um, and you can play it also on your Google Chromecast, of course, on your TV. I'm but the, to sta bet that the that... Google Stadia base version allows you to try out games before you buy them. You can't complete a game if you're just doing, a, if you just have a Google Stadia base account. What? Yeah. What, what's the. But like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Google would also fill that base account up with a lot of ads that you would play for ten minutes, and then they will shove an ad down your throat, and then you could play for another ten minutes just to make you crazy enough to buy the Stadia Pro, because that's what they're I, doing right now with YouTube, for example. Well, they haven't, they haven't announced anything like that, and they haven't gone into detail about Google Stadia Base about that particular part. So I'm not 100% sure if that is something they are looking into. But I wouldn't be surprised if they eventually do something like that. It's just that it's, it hasn't been um, announced yet. Yeah. And, uh, you see, I thought they were actually going to enter this space and change the place up, and they're just doing their standard Google formula, you know, and uh, we'll just have to see. I'm, I'm going to try it out. I, I want to know how it works, uh, and I think... They've announced 14 countries it's going to come out, including yeah. the US and us, the Netherlands. I believe Spain, UK are also on that list. Mm, Sweden. Sweden. Yeah, Sweden, like countries Norway. that have a normal internet connection. Yeah. Shall I mention what the Founders Edition actually comes with? Yeah. 
Yeah. So the Founders Edition, which you can pre-order now, Google Stadia Pro, you can't do anything until that comes out November. But you can pre-order Google Stadia Founders Edition now. It costs 129 whatever dollars, euros. They're both the same exact same amount. Um, it comes with a limited edition night blue uh, Google Stadia controller, a Chromecast Ultra, which is required if you want to play Google Stadia on your TV. Just a regular old Chromecast won't work. You need the Ultra version. Uh, a three-month Stadia Pro subscription for you and a friend. You get first dibs on your Stadia name, so your screen name in Stadia. Um, and it also comes with the aforementioned uh, full Destiny 2 experience. So that's basically the Founders Edition. Okay. Oh, and you also get to share the body pass. Did you mention that? Yeah, I just did. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was just, just double checking the video to see if there was anything else they mentioned in it. But yeah. Yeah. So that is basically Google Stadia as we know it right now. And on the, they didn't mention it in the video when it's going to launch, but on their website, it says November. Yeah. So, yeah, they're targeting that holiday season. And I think they're also targeting people that haven't upgraded to the Chrome Ultra yet. So prepare, at least in the U.S., prepare to see a lot of Ultras going on sale during Black Friday. Yeah, I have a normal Chromecast. <laughs> So, yeah, so that wouldn't work with that. But I think, to be honest, I think I don't want to play this on my television. I think I'll do this on the PC because besides the Stadia controller being all boxed into the Founders Edition, you can use anything you want. You can use a mouse, a keyboard, an Xbox controller, a PlayStation controller. Mm -hmm. So I think I'll just stick to my PlayStation controller and I think I'll just play it over my, my PC, my desktop, because that's the cheapest way to do this essentially yeah i mean i'm gonna try it out sure i'll just sign up for a google stadia base account um but that means I'll you have to do next year right for a month to try and sorry you said i think i'll sign up for a google stadia base account which means you'd have to try it out next year yeah i i'm not in a rush yeah i think i'll do I, the pro for I, a month. I mean i like, again, I guess I could get it for the first month. I could get it for November just to try and check it out. Yeah. But. I'm not incentivized much. to buy the Founders Edition. No. I mean, here's the thing. For me, like you watched it today. But for me, I watched it as it went live. And this is my emotional roller coaster I went through. Because I went in with all the skepticism of the world. I was like, oh, I'm just ready to laugh there butts off once they say that the subscription costs 20 bucks a month. And then they started with, oh, it's going to cost $9.99. Oh, oh, wow, that's competitive pricing. That's actually kind of cool. And you get to play all these games? Sign me up. But in the video, they never state that all the latest games you have to purchase, even if you have the Stadia Pro account. Yeah. They don't say that. It defeats the purpose it's for me. Afterwards, when the press releases came out, is when that information came out. Yeah. You see, the, let me put it this way. The, the way I envisioned this service was I pay a certain fee. And with that fee, I get 
the way that game is meant to be played from a visual standpoint. And I also get all these extra features like crowd play and sharing it with my friends on or streaming it directly to YouTube and stuff like that. And I didn't have to worry about buying the game separately. I just pay like $30 or 30 euros and I just get to enjoy the games. And now there's all these loopholes and I have to think, oh, because for example, here it says, do I need to use your controller, the Stadia controller? It says, no, you can use many popular HID compliant controllers when playing via USB cable on Chrome or mobile. To play on your TV, you will need to use the Stadia controller and Chromecast Ultra. So that's another thing like, oh, okay, but there's a loophole there in as well. Whereas in the press conference, they said, you can use any controller or mice or keyboard when you want to play this. They were really apt in hiding certain details during the press conference. Like the more, like the more you watch it and the more you read the reportings on what Stadia actually allows you to do, you get it's like this weird rabbit hole that you're falling into. Yeah. Because by the end of it all, where I went from, oh, I'm very skeptical about it. I'm like until, oh, I want to try it out, and oh, the Founders Edition actually is decently priced, and you get all this stuff. Back to, oh, yeah, this is just ridiculous. For a brief moment in there, you actually sent me a message a and said, oh, I'm actually thinking about buying the Founders Edition. And I was completely surprised. For a surprised. very brief moment, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's because the, the I'm going to be completely honest, the presentation makes it look very appealing. Yeah. But when you read the, af the afterwards, the details, the fine print, it's like... Uh, yeah, and then you, and here's the fun part, because I was afterwards watching a couple of people that were live streaming the event, and I don't know their internet connections or their rigs or what have you, but I'm assuming if you're a YouTuber or a Twitch uh, live streamer, you have the best connection and you have the best computer to do your job. And even they had buffering moments during the event. Like, the video just outright stopped for a moment. Yeah. Just to give you a perspective, I just opened up YouTube just to look something up for this. And in my recommended fee, there are three videos already that have titles in them such as, we have thoughts about Google Stadia. Oh, no, Google Stadia is pure trash. Uh, and the other one, Google Stadia is straight up confused. So we're not the only ones here that have this experience. There no, are... I mean, I honestly would not imagine that there would be people that are legitimately excited about it. But I did talk to a friend about this, and his idea was that this is not made for us. It's made for the casuals. And I have to imagine that even if you're a casual gamer, this was this would confuse the ever-living crap out of you. So... I don't know. So if if you're so let's just say this. Let's say you're a casual gamer, you only pick up something like Madden every once a year. And you want to do it on a big screen. You don't want to pay 60 bucks every year for it. This is not that because even if you do even if you sign up for a Google Stadia, even if you're like the only game that I want to play is Madden or FIFA, you still have to pay what I'm assuming is 60 bucks for a game that you will never own on. It's just 
data on a data center. Yeah. What if Google suddenly decides that, you know what? Google Stadia was a fun experiment for two, three, five years. We're going to shut it down. Or if they ban your account, if they ban your account, it's gone. Exactly. Or if they have another outage and you wanted to play a game. Yeah. What then? Yeah. It's just. There there are just so many loopholes in that. Not even not even like just leaving the whole latency discussion out of the equation. The whole who is this made for conversation is probably the biggest one that we've ever seen for a product that is aimed at consumers. Because I, I couldn't tell you who this was made for. The people saying that it's made for people that weren't interested in investing in a console probably have a smartphone where they're playing Candy Crush. Yeah, but uh, let me put it this way. Dirty word. I think from a technology standpoint, Google can nail this. Just like I believe that if Microsoft was to come up with something like this from a technology standpoint, they would be the guys that can nail oh, this. Oh, no, it'll definitely drive the technology. Yeah, but if I think about who this is fit for, I think, for example, people that can't um, buy a computer that offers them the max fidelity or people that don't want to buy a, a console or a computer that offers them the max fidelity or, for example, traveling people, say you have to travel and you're abroad and you go to a country that has an okay internet connection and you want to take your experience yeah, but... with you. Because, for example, let's just put, give a random example. Okay, so the most anticipated game for you comes out and you can't play it on a Switch. You have to play it like in one location. Let's just make it extra hard. And you would play this game and you would go on holiday or a business trip and you actually want to be able to continue that experience. You don't want to wait to get back from your holiday or from your business trip. And then you just have to wait for two weeks and you have this constant feeling like, oh, I wish I was just home and I could play this game. For those people, this is an amazing option because they can just take the experience with them. But only if you're in one of the 14 countries that are, that gives it, doesn't it? Yeah, but that's only for now. I mean, they'll start rolling out across the world if they can. Well, I'm assuming if you, unless it blocks VPN access, maybe then. Yeah. But even, the, I don't know, it's just, but unless you go to a country that, one of the 14 countries and those 14 countries actually, are, the, the place that you're in offers a decent internet connection to at the very least have the game run in 1080p or even 720p so it has to do at least 10 megabits per second i cannot remember the last time i was in a hotel that gave me that so yeah yeah just i i don't i don't think it's made for someone who travels a lot yeah I don't know. I also don't think it's made for casuals, even though the level to entry, if you were to go for the Stadia base, the try before you buy kind of model, mm -hmm. would be perfect for someone who is casual because they might think, oh, this high fidelity game is not for me and try it out and be like, oh, this is actually kind of fun and buy the game outright. 
Oh crap, I think I actually just solved that one, didn't I? <laughs> huh, that is not where I was thinking that that was going to go. But that is just a small subset of people, though, compared to like the millions of game players around the world. Yeah. Um... Because the because here's my here was my reasoning for Google Stadia when they when the when I finished watching the presentation that this would be a good way to play games AAA games that you may have been interested in but not really willing to pay the sixty bucks for mm-hmm. because for countries like the Netherlands there are no rental shops rental of video games is illegal in this country. So I haven't been able to rent a video game since the 90s, which is 20 years ago. So I remember in the PS2 era, I know in the States you can do that, but still, you know? In in the PS2 era, I could still do it. But in the PS3 era, I don't don't know if it was possible anymore because I just stopped doing it. I honestly don't remember the last time I was able to rent a video game. I didn't know it was illegal. Why is it illegal? It's I th- is it copyright infringement? No, it's because well because you're no, distributing because... it and you're earning money on it, whereas it <clears throat> shouldn't. No, because during the PlayStation era, people figured out that ROM burners could you know burn ROMs. Oh, okay. So people were renting games, copying them for themselves, or copying multiple copies and then selling them for uh, cheap. Okay, okay. Because, you know, you buy a CD-ROM, it's cheap, and if you had your PlayStation mod, it, it'll read that disc. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I think it's a Europe... If I'm not mistaken, I'll have to double-check it later, but I think it's a general European uh, uh, European um, consumer protection thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Every European Union country can do with those rules because they are rules with it and what they want. They can make it as extreme as they want or as lenient as they want. And well, in the Netherlands, they just outright said, no, we're not going to allow the rental of video games anymore. Speaking of renting video games, I think that would be an amazing feature to add to Stadia that you get to play the games before you buy it. And then if you decide to buy it... Yeah, but that is already a feature in the base. Like I said before, you can try a game in base before you decide to buy it. But I just don't know what the time limit is on it. Give give the game to me at a cheaper price than the full 60. Yeah, for that you'll need Stadia Pro. Yeah, because what's the point of, for example, playing a game for 10 hours on base if the game only lasts 20 hours yeah, and then I have yeah, to but play I don't hours. think that it'll, they'll, I don't think they'll give you 10 hours on base. Okay. I know, for example, with uh, um, what uh, EA does with Origin Access, they have mm-hmm. these different tiers and based on the tiers you're into, you can play the game for set hours and then you can either buy the full game or you can upgrade to Origin Premium and then you can just play the whole game. Oh, really? Yeah, I believe Origin Access, like the base tier, offers uh, 10 hours or 6 hours of play. And then mm. if you buy the Origin Premium subscription, then you can play the whole game. I, for example, I did that with Anthem. I did that with uh, Battlefield Five. Um, I was really happy with it for Battlefield Five because I only play multiplayer in Battlefield Five. I don't care about the single player. So it mm. meant that I could play the whole Battlefield experience, I believe, a week 
in advance before the game come out, came out. And the same was with Anthem. I could play Anthem earlier than the game came out. And it kind of decided for me if I wanted to buy Anthem, which I didn't want to do after that initial period that I played it before it came out. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Maybe that's also a bit yeah. the risk of having such a service that people will opt out of your game because they got to try it and they weren't impressed with it. Yeah, I think that's also part. I think that's also part of the reason why they require you to buy the game outright. But honestly, if they're gonna do that, the game should not be costing me sixty bucks. Yeah. No. If, at best, it should cost like I'm willing to put down thirty bucks for a triple A game if to get access to said triple A game because sixty bucks should not be the 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 price for something that I don't physically own or are able to download to a physical medium in some cases this could be more expensive than buying the game on disc for example i know that if you buy a game on the playstation store those games tend to be around 70 euros and if you buy a game on disc on physical copy then you have some flexibility there are some games that when they come out are 60 but there are some depending on the retailer yeah depending on retail and there are some retailers that offer that game for 50 so if we were to say that you can buy a game for 50, that would mean you would have to pay $20 or 20 euros more just for Google State to be able to use it with Google State because you pay the Stadia Pro subscription and you buy the game for 60 bucks. If they don't pull the same trick, because if they pull the same trick, well, then you pay 80 for it. Well, as the, again, there is the option that that game might actually get a Stadia Pro discount. Yeah. So you may not have to pay the full 60. Yeah. You might have to pay. 50 or 45 or whatever yeah whatever the discount is i'm assuming that it's going to be something like a 10 percent discount or a 15 percent discount yeah. they're not going to go like 25 or 30 but also for, for example with that i bought total war three kingdoms for example if i were mm-hmm. to buy it outright via steam it will be 60 euros i believe i bought it through a, one of these cheaper sites that offered me a little discount on it so eventually i bought the game for 45 euros in general, PC games, when a game comes out on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation, the PC version is generally the cheapest version out there. So yeah. am I going to have to buy my games directly through, through Google, or can I have this GeForce Now approach, which basically says you need to have the game in your Steam library, so we don't care how you get it in your Steam library. If I buy the game cheaper and I have it in my Steam library, that's a benefit for me. So that's also yeah. a question. Is Google going to screw me over and say, hey, you need to buy it only through our service and we're going to charge you a premium? Yeah. I I think they're not going to give that flexibility. I think they want to keep as much tight on it as they can. And they'll say, yeah, but the service itself is Stadia. There's no Steam. For example, Steam or Epic Games Store shizzle um, incorporated into our service. So you have to buy the game directly through us. Yeah, because they're hosting the games on their data center, so... But that's good. GeForce Now does the same thing, but they say it runs through Steam or it looks at your Steam library, library to be able to check if you're eligible to play that game or not. And I, for now, I like the GeForce Now approach. I haven't tried GeForce Now. I think I have access to it, but I just haven't done it. And maybe that's mm-hmm. a cool thing to do when Stadia comes out that we may be able to do a, do a, comparison. a comparison. If people want to hear, if people want that, let us know. Um, because that's definitely something we could do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm just, I was hoping my expectations of this keynote was that it would give me more answers and more more 
kind of confirm my enthusiasm and my optimism. And now it kind of broke all that and turned me into a skeptic like you was from the beginning. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. I'm good. I'm good that I found out about that before we started recording. Because even when you started with that, I had to hold my laugh in because... Um, Sean can can attest to this because when he told me that before we started recording this episode, I could not stop laughing. So it literally far. was, "Hey man, how are you doing? I really hate Stadia." Blah blah blah. I can't understand why they did this. I don't hate Stadia, but like it was like a rant, and I thought, and he and you said, "Oh, save it, save it. We need to do this in the podcast." Like, okay, we'll do it in the podcast. <laughs> oh man, even the ah, oh, damn it, now I can't stop. Laughing. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's like it, it's one of those situations in which it's like the carrot and the stick, and then we got hold the carrot in front of us, and then people said, "But no, no, no! It's Google. They always give you the stick." No, no, no! This is different. They're gonna give us the carrot for once, and just when we thought we were gonna get get the carrot, we got the stick. <laughs> and then that stick hurts. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh. Oh man! Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So, I mean, it's coming out in November. So yeah. they have. What is it? We're in June now. So it's five months. Five out. months. They have five months to clear this stuff up and improve their situation before that thing launches. <laughs> I um, think that they had a completely different expectation from this, and now that people are responding like this, but they shouldn't though. Have the, I mean, the different I mean, from a leadership standpoint, we have Phil Harrison um, leading the charge on this, right? Yeah. He's been in the industry for longer than anyone I can possibly imagine in a position that he, that he takes for this, right? Yeah, they even have Jade Raymond, so she's... She, she, she also... Yeah, but she's in charge of the studio, which... By the way, she should did not put exist. in on this as well. Well, sure, but more from a what kind of games do you want us to produce for our for our platform, and not so much the operational and sales part of it, right? I mean, I'm sure that she has input on that as well because she she too also has been in the game industry for a long time, but that is not her responsibility or her focus. Which, by the way, for people that are wondering why we didn't see anything from um, the Stadia development team, is because the Stadia development team literally did not exist until I think either a couple of days before or on the day that they revealed Google Stadia. I think it was there because Jade Raymond announced. Yeah, Jade Raymond was there to usher it in. No, no, officially. but she she announced on her Twitter a while back. That she was now officially part of Google, and everybody at that moment knew Google was going to do something with gaming. Yeah, but how long was that? Because it wasn't that long. Um, let's see. I think at the very least it was, if not a week, a month before they made the announcement in March. Uh, the uh, the announcement was. Uh, the announcement was in March. The announcement yeah. was in March, yeah. and we didn't find out that Jade Raymond moved to Google until I think a couple of weeks before they actually did the announcement. I mean, I didn't find out about it until a week before they did the announcement. Yeah. So 
yeah, the, 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 the whole studio itself didn't exist until, let's say, February or late January. They don't have anything to show until maybe November. And even then, all the games that have been slated are all, well, third-party games. They don't have any first-party games to show for 2019. And I don't think they're going to have any first-party titles until 2020, which is when base comes out. Um, there's the, the tricky part is there's no announcement whatsoever of what they're working. So, And we don't know if it's one studio or multiple studios or... Um, She's like the only big name attached to it, together with Phil Harrison. I, th- I think they're doing it like a collective kind of thing. So they have... I think it's like the Worldwide Studios teams. from Sony. Exactly. They just have multiple teams working on multiple projects. And she's the head of all of them. Yeah. The question is, is okay, what are... Like, the only way I see this working for them as a developer is they have to come out running and amaze everyone. If they don't do it, it'll be another one of those. See, we told you Google wasn't able to be able to pull this off. They should just stick to their advertising stuff and YouTube stuff instead of dipping their toes into game development because, you know, they can't do this. That's the reaction that's going to get. That'll be my reaction, definitely. But I think a lot of people will give that as a reaction. But, mm, okay, so the only other thing that I think... um, that I feel that would work for them is they were able to hire people that have been in the industry for a long time, like Jade Raymond, because, well, as we know, Microsoft has been buying up indie developers left and right. So, I mean, they bought Ninja Theory, they bought Obsidian, they bought um, there are, a whole bunch of the, there are rumors that Sony is also out on a streak and Sony is also buying up studios. And I think they yeah, kind of probably have because to. Microsoft was like, oh, we're just going to put um, this here. Those are the studios that we just acquired. And here is our future plans to acquire more. Yeah, but I, it could also be more like they're they're kind of digging themselves in because of the stadia and of the future the industry is going towards that they, they know that, for example, that's what I said in a previous episode, like in 10 years from now, for example, we won't have, for example, a hardware box anymore. We'll have a subscription service or we'll have like a mini, mini Chromecast like box, uh, which will enable the service. So I think it's more like them digging in both Sony, Microsoft, and maybe also Nintendo saying, okay, we need to acquire talent right now so we can utilize that talent because games is always a long-term strategy. It's not like, okay, I buy a developer today and I get a game in a week. It's always no. a long-term strategy. So I think it's more like, like them digging in and saying, okay, we need to acquire everyone we can right now or we have our roadmap and these studios is what we want. For example, a game, a studio on the list for Sony is Insomniac. That's a possible acquisition that might happen which is a logical acquisition. And I'm surprised it doesn't happen so far, but that will be one of the most logical acquisitions to do right now. True. Although I... Because if they lock that down, for example, like this is a possible (laughs) scenario. Sony came out with Spider-Man in collaboration with Insomniac and Marvel Games. I don't know if the Iron Man game is PSVR exclusive or also coming out to other platforms. But It's camouflage, so... 
technically it doesn't have to be an exclusive. But it could be a time you could say the same about Insomniac doing Spider-Man. That's also not a Sony-owned studio. Yeah, it's not a Sony-owned studio, but it's a three-way license agreement. Yeah, but let's say they Sony, have the same Marvel deal with Insomniac. Yeah, let's say they have the same deal with Iron Man. And let's say they keep this up. So eventually what what could happen is that PlayStation becomes the place to play Marvel games, the exclusive place to play Marvel games, for example. I doubt it, but sure. You never know. But say it happens. <laughs> that would mean that if Sony comes out with their own Stadia in a couple of years and they say, hey, we're moving away from hardware, we're focusing on software, that is an incentive for people to sign up for the Sony streaming service then. Because that's where we're going to get to. We're going to get to exclusive games being tied to a streaming service, just like we have now with exclusive games being tied to a console. So we're just going to ditch the, the hardware aspect and we're going to transition, transition to a software aspect. But, okay, I can't find the article right now, but if I do, I'll link it to you. Um, I did recently see a video that was talking about this article where a Sony exec, um, even he was not sure that the next generation PlayStation that they're going to bring out in 2020 is going to be their last. They don't know. No, no, because, no, no. because even when the PlayStation 4 was being announced, um, analysts were like, yeah, well, this is kind of pointless because mobile, mobile smartphones have become capable gaming devices why would you buy a console and look at it? It's almost at 10 million, uh, 10 million. Um, it's almost at 100 million sales, the PlayStation 4 as a whole. I think you're referencing the article uh, that was from CNET. They had an interview with the president of Sony Computer Entertainment, like the boss of Sony Computer Entertainment. Um, his name is, uh, I have his name here, I always confuse it, is Ryan something. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, uh, let me just get his name. Uh, Jim Ryan, that's him. Yeah, because um, yeah, I was going to bring something up from that article. Is that um, I, he said that when they were thinking about PS4, analysts told them this is going to be total financial disaster because people are not exactly. ready for this. And they pull, they took a risk and they proved them wrong. And I think that this PlayStation that's coming up next year or ho- hopefully next year, will definitely not be the last, but I think the PlayStation after that might be the last because we will start to transition towards online services in the next generation. And the generation after that will kind of cement it in and say, hey, this is the last gen. We're doing a physical box with so much hardware in it. And then, so like, that's what I'm saying. In 10 years from now, if a PlayStation comes out, it will be probably like a Stadia kind of system. Um, yeah. because Jim Ryan also said in that same interview that they've learned a lot with PlayStation Now that they might not have given PlayStation Now the attention it deserves or emphasize the features or the titles available that it deserves, but they will definitely start doing We will see more around it later this year and moving into next year. But isn't that why they have the partnership with Microsoft right now? Yeah, definitely. But because it's the- just like a confirmation that there's there it's not that they're only focusing on the hardware part of the of the business but they're also going to focus on the streaming part of the business yeah because the, the the whole thing is that there were also reports coming out of that that there were people at PlayStation that weren't happy with the announcement that they were working with Microsoft because Sony themselves have not been trying to cultivate or 
in or in any way try to improve PlayStation Now beyond what it beyond what it's doing or beyond the um, compatibility with other uh, TVs that are that that are capable of doing PlayStation Now. I think that has to do with the way Sony's business is built up and that Sony in general is a company and that's something I've said multiple times. Sony is a hardware company. Sony is not Yeah, but a they bought company. the tech and didn't do anything with it. Yeah, but I think that's I think that's kind of the reason why they partnered with Microsoft that they soon realized like okay, we don't have the in-house knowledge to pull this off in the way that we want to and okay, let's evaluate are we going to invest into internally so we can pull this off or are we kind of going to outsource it or are we going to partner with somebody and i think that's kind of where the microsoft deal was born from and who knows maybe the well, microsoft deal was months or years in the making i mean it's not like that we say hey uh, microsoft we're gonna deal with you and then you sign the same day and you announce it the day after it'll probably be one of those deals that took months or maybe years to fix yeah true uh, so, any final thoughts about the Stadia Connect and Google Stadia in general as we come to this second, um, what second leg of the whole Google Stadia experience before it comes out? Um, I think it's funny that they kind of did like a direct slash state of play style. And I'm yeah, wondering. I think that we're going to see more, yeah, and more of that from the industry going forward. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if that's not going to be the new format. And if they, and kind of this E3 kind of symbolizes that, that E3 is kind of starting to die out. So I wonder if that's not something we're just going to get from a lot of publishers going forward that they will do these mini events throughout the whole year, which gives them more and it costs them less. Um, than just going to an E3 or a Gamescom or a Tokyo Game Show. I think in Tokyo, Tokyo Game Show will always exist because that's it's on a different level. But I certainly do believe that E3 will eventually die out. Gamescom might die out. And then that they'll just say, hey, we're going to do multiple direct events throughout the year. And then um, that gives us the most impact and it's the easiest and the cheapest. And we can decide really quickly if we want to do it or not, instead of waiting for an E3 to come up? I don't think that necessarily has to be the case. I think, I see, I honestly see this more as an evolution of E3. What it's going to be, I don't know. Um, but we'll get there when we get there. And as for Stadia, well, you know what they used to say when we were kids, if you don't have anything good to say, then you might as well not say anything at all, even though we've been bitching for the past hour. <laughs> okay, let me just put it this so, way. Yeah, I, I'm not I hating just... on Google Stadia. It's just that the messaging is so confusing right now, and it turned out to be something completely different than what they said in February. And I think that a lot of people have an issue with that because in February, it was this super cool idealistic uh service you thought oh wow this is so amazing and people forgot it was google or maybe people didn't pay attention to it, that it's still google and at the end of the day they care about money they don't care about how they can change the game industry and stuff like that and i think now they kind of showed their true face and people are like oh but that's not what you it's like a, a catfish you know Someone you think is super amazing, super cool, and then when you meet that person in real life, you're like, oh, okay, but I didn't expect this. 
Yeah, I will. I mean, I will admit this: the fact that their presentation almost hooked me. That is their only. That is the only thing they get. The presentation itself, for the most part, was very nice to look at. Definitely, yeah. Which is not something I can say about State of Play. And who, who knows? Maybe don't hate on State of Play. You don't pull that stuff on me right <laughs> I knew now. It'll get you. I will this seriously guy. drag this episode out, and I will seriously <laughs> do something to you. Um, but aside from that, it has a slick. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, maybe they'll mm-hmm. clear stuff up at E3. You never know. Oh, good grief! I hope so. I hope so as well. And if not, they still have five months to do so. Yeah. And I think that they kind of got a wake up call right now that it didn't go the way they expected it to go. So, you mean the reception? Yeah, yeah. All right. So that ends our first uh, pre E three episode. Um, Thank you guys for listening to us. Um, As always, you can find us on any of your podcasting uh, software platforms: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Spotify, Overcast, uh, and all the other popular services. Once again, if you have any um, feedback or questions or want to partake in one of our episodes, you can leave us a voice message on Anchor. I'll make sure to leave the link in the episode description. So please give that a click or tap uh, and let us know what you think about this episode and our previous episode and any future episodes that you would like to hear us do um so this is maximilian x and this is sean templar signing out until next time bye